Off the ball. GAA. I feel like the negativity around football is a bit overblown at the minute, mm. to be honest with you. I think it's in a very conservative phase. Off the ball. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Off the ball. Breakfast. Ireland's sports breakfast show. We are moving to Australia. I'm delighted to say oh. we have. What? Yeah, we are. It's the exciting news. Yeah, it is, yeah. But we've got Orlo Dwyer with us, who has genuinely moved to Australia and is uh, tearing up trees down there. Orla, how are you? Good evening to you. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, it's a busy week. You're very good to make some time for us. Yeah, no, no worries at all. Yeah, exciting. Looking forward to our grand final on Sunday. So, busy but exciting week. So, sport people always say, oh, we're just going to treat it like any other game and we're going to do what we always do. But you can't do that for a grand final, can you? You must be getting excited and you must be getting hassled for tickets and uh, for media queries. So, how do, you, how do you try and keep some kind of um, focus? Or do you not? Do you just be like, yeah, I'm going to just enjoy every second of this? Um, well, I think um, a big part of us, well, last year, this time last year, 12 months ago, we were in the same position. We were in the grand final against um, the Melbourne Demons in our home ground, Springfield, which was pretty new at the time. And I think there was a lot of distractions going on with W Ward, which is the equivalent of the All-Stars was on that Monday. And then we had Delta Goodrum out performing at Springfield. And there was a lot of kind of unnecessary um, distractions that I think um, played effect in the game. Um, when we look back at it. So this year, um, we're kind of going with the kind of Lalo um, approach, which I like. I like kind of just doing the same thing I do each week, um, training hard, getting around the girls, um, and just kind of treating it like any game. So we're actually playing down in Melbourne this Sunday, so we're heading down Friday afternoon and kind of a tight group as well. I think we travel well together. We like to... um, stay in each other's pockets as much as we can and just focus in on what we need to do and we'll train then Saturday morning, have a meeting and and play then Sunday. So I think it's just really this week about enjoying the build-up to it and everything that comes along with it, but also remembering at the end of the day it's it's just a game um, that you hopefully win. How specific is the game plan week to week depending on the opponents? Um, There's lots of sports where you have to exactly analyse every single thing the opposition does, but there are other sports where if you play your best game and you establish your patterns of play, that that allows you to be dominant and eventually get over the line. With the way your two teams match up, um, and again, that's very binary, but with the way your two teams match up, is there a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B? Or how, do you, how much preparation are you doing about the opponent this week? Yeah, like we always do a review um, after our previous games. We had a review Monday um, and we have training on tomorrow Thursday so we'll probably start doing more of analysis on North Melbourne who we're playing them we actually played them round four earlier this year and round four is the the kind of start of the season so our team and their team as well has changed a lot with different personnel and also developing our style a lot better now and understanding what we need to do so I think for us and finals footy is kind of that way that when it comes to finals you just have to bring that pressure intensity and it comes down to the end of the day is kind of who wants it more Um, and I think as a group we've definitely got a lot stronger we've adjusted to different situations where if it's throwing players in different positions if we're playing save the game or win the game we've done all these scenarios at training and worked on that and I think we're just trying to stick to our style and and we know that that's what works best for us a kind of fast-paced game with good pressure and intensity and we know that North Melbourne will match that and we just have to 
buy into what we have to do and also um, just have a bit of luck as well at the end of the day. How long did it take to get over the defeat in last year's grand final? <laughs> um, oh, it still hurts a lot of us um, to this day. I think um, I think those kind of finals, like I've been lucky enough, even back in Ireland when I, I played in Crow Park three times in finals and I've won two and I lost one there. So same similar here, I've won a grand final, I've lost one as well. And you always remember... Um, the defeats um, pretty um, in your head and I think for me just with that um, it's just we learned a lot from it and I think you analyse the games you lose um, a lot more than the ones you win when you win you kind of forget about it and move on so for us and it's pretty much the same team we lost a few key players at the start of the season but it's mainly the same bunch of experienced girls so it's hurting a lot of us a lot more we know what it feels like to play in finals which is great to have that experience but also known what it's like to lose so I think a lot of girls are just ready to go hopefully and just give it everything um, at, on Sunday and, and good trust in our coaches and ourselves too. It's been a bit of a theme certainly in the sports landscape here over the past couple of months the idea of how a team can learn from defeat it's certainly been the, the rugby narrative here whenever we've been interviewing any of the provincial lads at this stage it's always been like how, how have you got over the, the Ireland defeat in the, in the World Cup quarter final. For you, how important was it that you had that win, you had that grand final win in the back of your mind, so that it wasn't a confidence hit? You, you didn't have any questions about whether or not I can do this. You had proved already that you can do it and you've already got over the line, so you could actually look at what happened last year in a much more analytical way. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, that 2021 grand final we won, it was only my second season playing AFL and kind of my first one because the first one got kind of... Um, it, it, with COVID in 2020 it got postponed so having that bit of success early in, in the sport I kind of thought we'd get to grand finals every year um, and then to come up short in 2022's first season and to get to the grand final 2022B um, I think we, yeah you kind of just have the expectation that we've won this before we can do that again but a lot of teams now with the competition especially it's only 8 years old so um, this year especially we've seen a good um, amount of new teams stepping up and the competition has really evened out there's no team running away with it um, or, and everyone, like the top two teams Adelaide Crows and um, Melbourne Demons both got beaten this year so testament to us and North for getting to where we are and uh, eventually they played them teams as well so um, definitely the top two teams are playing each other and it, I think it'll just come down to at the end of the day who wants it more and We've kind of looked back at those scenarios last year and hoping that they come again, that we can adjust quickly, um, as I said, with different people shifting around different areas and, and working on our save the game, win the game, if it's stoppage or if you need to get the ball in quick. Um, and yeah, hopefully that will get us over the line on Sunday. You mentioned that there's a tight-knit group of players there that has been relatively consistent. The same very much goes for the coach and the, the senior coach, uh, Craig, he's been there since 2017, I think. So how does yeah. he keep it fresh and how do you as a group uh, keep it fresh that it, that it does feel new and exciting every season? Yeah, well, Craig's been, yeah, been there since um, the start. He's one of two coaches to be there since the very start of AFLW. So he definitely knows his his stuff and, and really loved across the group. Um, and the same with the group of players. As I said, lots of them were there at 2021 when we did win that grand final. Um I think what brings the excitement is knowing um, 
these younger new players coming in, how much they've grown, how much they can add to the team, but also those experienced players that have been playing for five, six, seven years, how they're just getting better and better. We're a very competitive team, whether it's anything we do. It could be a running session, a gym session, or even just some fun game of soccer we might play before in a warm-up. We're very competitive with it all, and I think that's what really driven the standards and our way of playing. And we've had a few different types of coaches come in, like defence coaches, midfield coaches, forwards coaches. So having that change up each year definitely brings a lot more um, insight into the game and their kind of ways of um, coaching too, which definitely adds value, I know, to our midfield, um, especially me. I play on the wing, so our current midfield coach has really brought those wingers into the game um, and making us run offensively, defensively, similar to uh, midfield role back home with GA. So I think that aspect of it has definitely brought a bit of freshness into the team, and I think um, that's that kind of really helps us and, and keeps us on our toes and keeps everything so new. Uh, am I right in saying you got drafted in a rookie draft? When, when that happens, do you have do they ring you up in advance and say, if, if we draft you, would you be happy? How does that work? Um, yeah, so I came 2019. So a rookie contract is someone who hasn't played the sport before. So um, you're allowed to sign a two-year contract, I think, with a, with a rookie contract. So, yeah, I, I literally essentially... Um, saw that there was some good Irish players over in Australia doing well for themselves um, who um, played Gaelic football and I wanted to give it a shot and give it a try and yeah lucky enough um, Brisbane Lions was one of the teams who came forward and they kind of I think I got told maybe um, around February March and they announced it around May time and then that pre-season started the following I think it could have been September at the time so it's pretty quick um, phase when it does happen and it's kind of the uncertainty of you don't know what it's going to be moving to a new country with a new team, starting a new sport. But, um, yeah, definitely um, was happy I made the decision. And, and it definitely takes a lot for a team like that to take a chance on a player who's never played the sport before and come in and, and try to get on the team. The specifics of ending up at Brisbane, is that something that they, that like, did you have other options or was it really this is the, the option here, off you go, take it? <laughs> Yeah, no, I had a couple of other options. I Actually, I didn't even know Brisbane was a place in Australia before I came over here. I only knew of Perth, Sydney and um, Melbourne. But I had some offers from um, in two other clubs. And I think Brisbane just had the right fit for me. Um, they really wanted to keep my Gaelic style and didn't want to change my my natural ways of playing from seeing clips me back here. So that was a huge part of why I chose the team and, and happy I did at the end of the day. Yeah, because it turns out they're pretty good. Yeah, they're getting to lots of finals, so yeah, good one to choose. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you make these decisions in life and you could be the best player at a club that's not going very well, but uh, it's not as exciting or as interesting or as invigorating as it turns out going to to Brisbane has been. And the other thing is, obviously, you were born in Sydney, so it wasn't like... this is A a lot of people, I think, find the culture shock of moving to the other side of the world (laughs) difficult to get over. Yeah, well, I actually hadn't. I was only. I was literally just born here, and then on a plane back home. So I actually didn't get to live in Australia. I think I was about a, a, just under a year before I left and went home. So um, I haven't actually been to Australia since. And it, it was just lucky enough the way it all panned out that when I knew that I was coming to Australia, that I get my passport that I had um, obviously up to date and, and um, ready to go. So that has helped me in massive amounts coming over here, especially 
during the COVID years when borders were closed and all that kind of thing. So just, yeah, the lifestyle over here, I love it and I love being part of it. And it's, it's great to see so much more Irish girls come over now and, and I really adapt to that and, and buy into the game too. Um, but yeah, lucky that the way it planned out and the lifestyle here really suits suits me and, and suits um, um, what I'm trying to do out here. So yeah, I really like it. Like you, you are, as you well know, Ireland's first ever AFLW all Australian and like I, I wonder as well ahead of a grand final maybe it's not the the time to be thinking about something like this but <laughs> do, do, do you realize and do you, do you appreciate your own role in this wave of Irish players who've gone down there this has been one of the most successful stories in Irish sport over the last five or six years and you're very much at the top of that does that give you any satisfaction any pride knowing knowing what you've done I guess um, yeah, definitely. I think, like, I suppose I, I think that I'm a humble person and, and don't like to think about it too much. But um, that 2022, when I when I got All Australian, um, was a huge testament to how far I have come. And I, I don't think I realised until after everything was over and I looked back and um, at the year I had and and how much it actually meant um, being kind of the first Irish play, um, female player to get it. And now with Neve Kelly um, getting another um, All-Australian earlier this week, it's a huge testament to her as well and, and so well-deserved too. And I think it's really created this path for Irish players and how how the basically how Gaelic football has such translational skills over here. And they keep going on about how fast Irish players are over here and what do we be eating back home in Ireland. But, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely... Um, great to be part of and seeing the success of it grow and the sport's only getting bigger and bigger as I said we've 18 teams in the comp now like the men's and it's only going to get bigger and bigger with regards salaries and teams and lots of movement and I can see lots more Irish girls come out here and I have a lot on to me just asking about the lifestyle and and what's involved and how it all works so um, yeah it's definitely um, nice to be part of the journey Um, and yeah it's exciting to see how far it will go that's interesting because I was reading a piece, actually, the, the Guardian have done a piece on this exact subject, the, the wave of Irish players to the AFLW. So it's, it's not just Irish people who are talking about this. And uh, the, the journalist, uh, Jack Snape, spoke to, to Mike Horan, who, who you'll know, obviously, as a yeah. ta- talent as, as like a talent identifier, I guess, based in Ireland. And he'd have been responsible for bringing a lot of people over. And there's just a line in the piece where he says, Karan uh, believes the overlap between the Gaelic calendar and the increasing length of the AFLW season means the Irish proportion of playing stocks is unlikely to grow much further. But the salaries are getting bigger, the opportunities yeah. are getting bigger. I, I, from my very uneducated position here, I, I would can't see any reason why the, these numbers wouldn't keep growing and keep going to Australia. Um, yeah, definitely. It's obviously a hard situation. Like I find that since the competition season has moved, where pre-season kind of starts now in August and runs through until December, really, um, it's kind of hard with that GA season back home, like August, you, you're playing in All-Ireland Finals and um, you're kind of playing sport all year round in that regard. Because um, I know Jen Dunn, who's out here now with us, she obviously won uh, All-Ireland Final earlier with Dublin this year and came out, I think she came out um, just after they won and within two weeks the season has started. So credit to her for getting onto the team in the first couple of weeks and being a solid defender at the moment. But yeah, you definitely see... Um, that there is a shift with what players are going to do and the likes of 
I think it depends on the teams as well in Australia. A lot of them let the players go back and play with their season at the different counties, whereas other clubs mightn't be as um, pleasing with that or the player themselves might choose to stay in Australia or to give AFL um, a big go. But yeah, as you said, the comp's getting bigger, the money's getting bigger as well. And you can definitely make a living over here from playing sports. And I think being from playing amateur sport back home and being part of Camogie and Gaelic football, which you loved and you played your whole life, to have that opportunity to get paid to play and be a professional athlete is something that you've all kind of dream of all your life. And I think the way AFLW has created that path, especially for Irish girls, has been phenomenal, even with the likes of Ash Maloney coming over and winning first best year, uh, best first year player um, in her short time as well. So there definitely is a lot of overlap with this type of skills and, and they do look for that kind of Irish player um, sense in a lot of teams. Like the sport has developed into more of a running style game like Gaelic football. Um, so... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what players do, but it essentially depends on where they are in their career, if they want to make the change or if they want to stay playing at home with their county or if they can juggle both for a couple of years as well. Um, but yeah, it's a, hard, it's a hard call to make for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's a call you definitely seem to be enjoying. Orla, we wish you the very best of luck this weekend. Thanks a million for making the time for us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. No worries. It's Orla Dwyer, uh, a legend, it turns out, like already. When you... when she's listening off the various finals she's been in already at this stage she's still only 25 it's like basically every year which is yeah. not a coincidence it's an unbelievable career absolutely unreal the, I, I, like I'm not sure many of us would have predicted when this first started to happen a couple of years ago that the, the Irish in Australia would have had such huge huge success and that's exactly what it's been I think four involved uh, this weekend in, in that grand final Off the Ball Breakfast Ireland's Sports Breakfast Show